for those of you who are new, which is probably all of you because this is our first episode, we are not in love. It's not that kind of thing. But we are lit, and we are in love with lit, and the love that exists within lit. If we've lost you, that's okay. Let me bring you back. I'm Mariah. And I'm Haley. And we are here to talk about couples in literature. But first, how are you, Haley? I am pumped. I, as I said, I have my lukewarm coffee and I'm raring to go. Exactly. And I drank my coffee already. It was, uh, it was like a donut shop Keurig coffee. It was, uh, it was all right. It was good. But, um, how was your, how was your week? How was Oregon? Ugh, I miss you. I miss you. It's been good. Um, what did I do this week? Um, nothing. I worked and... Um, last night, actually, we finally bought propane for our barbecue, and then we barbecued for the first time. We've had it for a year. Thank you, Aunt Rhonda and Uncle Dave. We appreciate your <laughs> gift. <laughs> they're they're fans of the pod already. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I just going to say? I was going to say about work. It's always like, well, yeah, I worked all week. How was work? There's no other word to say other than fine, but then you get tired of saying fine, so you're like, and you don't even make a word anymore but i've also been listening to wuthering heights on audible this whole week basically i'm sorry so ready to go yeah it was really like soul sucking a little bit listening to it that's a pretty accurate <sighs> adjective because oh, man got a yeah. lot of soul and suck not yep. sucking no got a lot of go- <laughs> <laughs> sucking in the sense that it was yeah but um but yeah so like i'm ready to talk about it because i have a lot of thoughts and then i didn't want to tell you because i wanted to save them for this podcast so ready to do it sure all right sounds good we're gonna start with wuthering heights Ooh, wuthering uh... (laughs) (laughs) anyway so i'll i'll jump off and then you could uh finish up with this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so this episode we're gonna explore wuthering heights and the couplehood of the infamous Catherine and heathcliff also known as herthrin um so (laughs) their their genre of the novel is gothic um it's designed to both fascinate and horrify readers with grotesque scenes of passion and cruelty other examples are dracula by bram stoker frankenstein by mary shelley um, it's both violent and romantic. It's like, uh, yeah, super intense. Yes, intensified say. feelings and imagery. Everything is intense. It's both violent, romantic, passionate, terrifying. It's like a car crash. People just can't look away. So it was written in 1846 or 1847 or both, set in the 1770s in Yorkshire near Gimmerton. It was written by Emily Bronte under the pen name of Ellis Bell, and she and her true sisters were very close. Uh, none of them got married. They're all single ladies forever. And, well, I mean, not forever because she died at the age of 30 from tuberculosis, uh, which is really sad. <laughs> Their forever was so much shorter back then. Mm. That's true. Somebody dies from tuberculosis. <laughs> That is not something that you should be laughing about. Anyway, somebody dies from tuberculosis in this novel, of course. Ah, so funny. (laughs) Of course, it's um, called consumption because they were trying to be romantic about it. Oh, she died of consumption. Consumption of what? You know, there was like a whole movement that 
they wanted to look like they had tuberculosis because it made them look more yeah. beautiful, supposedly. Like flushed and pale and sickly. That was the look. Also, I will say, pretty much all of the women in this um, book, except for Nellie, are like frail and prone to sickness. Yeah. Like they mention it several times. Like Kathy, mm-hmm. little Kathy, Isabella, all of them. Nellie's just like, you guys are weak AF. Yeah. Nellie's pretty much my favorite character of this whole um, book. But let's get to characters. Okay, here we go. So, Heathcliff is not a cat in this case. He is the star of the poop show. He is (laughs) (laughs) He's orphaned as a child. And we know absolutely nothing of his upbringing before he comes into the Earnshaw home. So Papa Earnshaw brings him home after a trip to Liverpool. Um, So he tries to integrate Heathcliff in with his other two children. It doesn't go well. Heathcliff feels like an outcast. So this, I think, fuels his super violent tendencies and his temper. But he may have already had that because of trauma in his past, which is something that I've been thinking about. It gives his character more depth if you think about the fact that he was an orphan. So who knows where he came from? Exactly. No one knows. Yeah. So the only person who would be able to stop him from spiraling would be Catherine. So Catherine is the super dramatic younger Earnshaw sibling. She's characterized as this beautiful and wild girl. She's mean-spirited. She abuses Nellie and her nephew, Hareton. But then she always wants Nellie's help and emotional support. And she makes fun of the Lintons because they're genteel. But then she wants to be genteel herself, and she makes a big deal out of it, so she marries into the Linton family. She has this identity crisis, like, throughout her whole life, because she wants to be with Heathcliff, and she wants to be wild, and she wants to run the moors, but then she has this side of her that wants to be a part of society, and be rich, and be successful, and be looked at as a lady. But she's also emotionally manipulative, and she doesn't go about it in a healthy way. Exactly. And also, I was reading something last night about it, like, to support the gothic romance. Uh, Heathcliff and Catherine were sometimes, like, viewed as, like, vampiristic characters Mm -hmm. because um, Catherine kind of, like, she almost, like, preys on the Linton family. Both of them do. They kind of ruin their lives. But also she has, like, really weird personality changes. Like, she tries to be nice and calm for Edgar to be married to him, but it just doesn't work. She doesn't yeah. stick. She has to be true to her monster side of her, just as Heathcliff does. There is yep. a book that I researched when I was researching um, Carmilla and Dracula for that speech that I did, and it was about a vampire book and it was a female vampire and she I don't think she even sucked blood I could be wrong about that but the most that she got out of being a vampire was like energy from other people so she would just drain energy so that's kind of how I think of them as a couple (laughs) they're very draining they do they drain the energy and the happiness out of people yes exactly but like in the most long drawn out way possible so earnshaw as i mentioned papa earnshaw he's the dad of Catherine and hindley and the adoptive father of heathcliff so he's a good guy from what i can tell he actually names heathcliff after one of his sons that had died um either in childbirth or shortly after childbirth um he's barely in the story he's a ned stark character he's a good guy that only lasts to the end of the first season um he uh (laughs) He straight up tells his daughter 
that uh, I cannot love thee. Or he asks her why she can't always be good. So he's not a fan of Catherine. Yeah, because, like, in the book it was saying um, she was too, like, mischievous and spiteful to be his favorite. Like, of course, Henley was a write-off because Henley was really he's awful anyways. Yeah, but Catherine was just too much. And he's like, and he was like, no, Catherine's too much to be my favorite. So I'm going to choose this orphan to be my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Papa Earnshaw. So Hindley, I wrote, is the third worst person in this novel. But, or did you write that? I don't know. But maybe he's the worst because he makes Heathcliff the way he is. The jury's still out on that one. So he's spiteful and he's full of himself. He's the typical spoiled rich kid. Um, he does not so welcome bad. outsiders or people he sees as beneath him. So, um... After his father dies, he continues to treat Heathcliff like trash. He goes to college, comes back with a wife named Frances. We know almost nothing about Frances. Um, they have a kid together named Hareton, sadly. Um, Frances dies in childbirth. Um, and then Henley descends into alcoholism and gambling, eventually dying because he probably never ate a vegetable. <laughs> what? So, also, he tried to murder both Nellie and his own child in the same night. It was so terrifying. I totally forgot, like, that entire scene in the book. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, it was so yeah. bad. So, he's pretty bad. And we don't know anything about Frances. We just know that she's Britter. Brit, Britter. She's <laughs> brittle and frail. <laughs> um, so, Edgar. Edgar is a Linton. Yep. Um, he's genteel, he's stuffy, uh, and he's shallow. He wants Catherine because she's exotic and wild and extremely beautiful, but she's also of high society. But he does become a loving father to his and Catherine's um, children. Um, he's sweet and probably spends all his time in the library wearing those jackets with elbow patches, you know? He finds Catherine <sighs> irresistible. I just, I can totally imagine that. He finds Catherine irresistible, lets her do pretty much whatever she wants until she dies. Um, except when Heathcliff is involved, he doesn't want him around her, obviously. He had no idea how much baggage he was signing up for when he married her. Um, and then she kind of ruins his life. So Isabella is sweet, but she goes through a dramatic and unfortunate teen phase that ends with her married to an abusive husband, Heathcliff. Quote, I love him more than you ever loved Edgar. End quote. She says to Catherine, like... Without ever having a real conversation with Heathcliff, classic high school girl. Oh, man. It ended so oh, badly yeah. for her. She's very frail, like pretty much everyone in the novel. Not just the women. Just everyone is sickly. Yeah, everybody's sickly and pale and dying. Yeah. It's not so, great. And then little Catherine is Edgar and Catherine's daughter. She's the real hero of the story. All the bad stuff happens to her after she's 12, but she ends up being okay because her dad did a great job in her formative years. She's smart and cutting at times. She scares and annoys Joseph by pretending to practice the dark arts as a witch and hex him, which I think is great. Oh, it was so good. Like that's at the beginning of the novel when uh, Lockwood is like meeting everybody for the first time. And she's like, Joseph, I'm so tired of you. I'm going to just, I'm going to hex you. I have a black cat. Yeah. I'm a witch. Just roll with it's it. It's just great. So, and then Hareton, the unfortunately named yeah. Hareton. He is Hindley and Francis's son. So he is an Earnshaw. He 
really ends up getting the short end of the stick. So his dad is Hindley. That sucks. And then his guardian is Heathcliff. That also sucks. And he never knew his mom because she died in childbirth. So he's a pretty good guy, but Heathcliff makes sure that he's rough around the edges because he still wants revenge on Hindley. Um, he's referred to as a rustic youth. But I think also Heathcliff sees himself in Hareton and he wants Hareton to be him. Yeah, there's a, when I was reading it, when Hindley died at the funeral and Nellie went, um, he was like, now you're mine. And let's see uh, if the same tree can grow in the same wicked way with the same wind. It was like something like that. So he's like, I'm going to try and make you exactly like me, which is ridiculous because Heathcliff is so unhappy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, he's, he's uh, Heathcliff's apprentice, basically. But, it, but it'll never work because yeah. Hareton doesn't have the same temperament as Heathcliff. Um, so Joseph, he's a servant at Wuthering Heights. We just mentioned him um, when we mentioned little Catherine. Um, pretty much everyone could do without him. He's super religious and hypocritical. He's always yelling at the kids, saying they should be punished. He's somehow alive at the end of the novel. He's probably like 200 years old. Like, I didn't understand that. Like, when I was reading it, I was like, wait, how old is he? Because he's already pretty old at the beginning of, like, Catherine's yeah. life. So I have no and idea then how you old wrote... he is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was trying – I was listening to this book on Audible, like I said before, and I can only understand, like, 20% of his dialogue because it's in this, like, really thick Yorkshire yeah. accent. I – it's like, I'm going – and I just – I can't. I don't know what he's saying. And I read about it and that after um, Emily died, Charlotte, her sister, did some editing and she edited down Joseph's uh, accent and language so people could better understand it. So it used to be worse. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that. I love Charlotte Bronte. She's great. So we'll get to her next time. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Little teaser, teaser coming up. Uh, so Nellie is the maid, as we mentioned. I think she's also referred to as Ellen. Is that right? Ellen, Nellie, and her last name is Dean. Mrs. So she's Mrs. Dean. Yeah, Mrs. Dean. It, it's just, it's weird that she has three names. I don't understand. Nobody yeah. else has three names. Okay. <laughs> um, so she's only three years older than Catherine and Heathcliff. So she was a child taking care of other children from the beginning. She has a lot of character and a lot of... She's probably the one of the better people in this novel because she's had to work her whole life and she's not a spoiled brat. She's when my she favorite. Lockwood just starts telling him the story of the Earnshaws and the Lintons and their intermingling. And that's basically what you read throughout the novel is it told through her perspective. So Lockwood is a just a random traveler guy who rents... Thrushcross Grange and he so he's a tenant of Heathcliff's and he, when Heathcliff is like in his I would assume 40s or 50s yeah I think he was like 43 yeah. or something it's a lot of backwards math in this book <laughs> it's like oh it was the summer of 1778 I was 18 then and you're like okay and then earlier you said that it was 20 years ago so it's like 30 years and you move the yeah, decimal on the tax and then that's your tip <laughs> Exactly. So, um, <laughs> Lockwood, so he is interested in the hot goss. He wants the juicy goss. And oh my gosh, it's so good. It's basically because he's bored. He's mm-hmm. like, 
Nellie, will you tell me some things about these people that live over there? And she's like, of course, I haven't had a visitor in like 10 years. <laughs> so, and that's so sad. But she definitely just tells him everything. So, it's so um, great. There, I think the thing that really jumpstarts it is when Lockwood is in his room. He's, or when he's in Catherine's old room or something like that. He is like trying to relax and then all of a sudden hands come through the window and start like he hears crying like please help me or please let me go or whatever yeah a little a little ghost encounter and he's like uh i need to know about these people pronto nelly yeah and so then his very rational reaction to that was to drive the wrists of this ghost person into the shattered glass so that it bled like it was pretty gross it was still a ghost child it was still a child that's the gothic uh genre he's he's like he's like weird because he's not like super bumbling but he also says some really weird things because he really, oh, yeah. he thinks very highly of himself. But that's how you can be when you're looking uh, at weird. crazy people from the outside. You're like, oh, I'm not that crazy. Yeah, yeah. Almost anybody could look at this book and be like, yeah, I'm better than you. Oh, yeah, stuff. I definitely do that. So <laughs> take it away with a plot summary, Mariah. Exactly. All right, some of this will overlap. So uh, Lockwood arrives at Wuthering Heights, and he meets the strange and brooding Master Heathcliff. He thinks he's a gentleman at first who's just a little morose, which is so far from the truth. Uh, And so he settles in. He meets Nellie, who has been in the Earnshaw family since birth. She helped raise the Earnshaws. And after he has that encounter, he's like, please tell me about the Earnshaws and the people that live at Wuthering Heights. And so it's basically a framework story because it starts at the beginning with Lockwood and in between the chapters, it'll mention like, oh, Lockwood was sick. So Nellie kept telling me this story. But my favorite is because Nellie is telling this story. She has a really funny um, bias about everybody. And it's like a little bit of uh, the early uh, modern English vibe where servants are gossiping about their masters and they seem to know everything about everybody else, like the maids and princess diaries. They know everything. And so she tells Lockwood that Heathcliff arrives at uh, Wuthering Heights because Earnshaw takes him as an orphan. And of course, Catherine and Heathcliff fall in love as children. They have a little crush. They like run along the moors together and they're just like very mischievous and crazy and everybody is like they are just causing trouble all the time and my childhood crush was not that problematic at all it didn't even last that long (laughs) um i was just i was i had a crush on this guy named zach in kindergarten because we were both really short and he told me he was like short people can run faster and i was like yeah i believe that we're the fastest little kids ever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then he moved away and became a skater, which is not negative in that, but he was also mean to me when I saw him. We were probably like 17, Aww. and I was really sad. I was like, "That you know what, Zach? We were so cute when we were five years old. Did you bring it up? No. <laughs> I was like, at first I saw him because he's friends with my other friend from drama, and I was like, oh my gosh, Zach, is that you? And I was like excited to see him. And he just kind of like didn't register that it was me at all. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You look like, exactly you know how you used to look as a child. 
I know. I have the same cute face. <laughs> Ugh, ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you? Was your crush detrimental to your <laughs> My life? My first crush? No. But <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> no, but um so my first first crush was a boy named Nathan. He had blood red hair. His lips were blood red and really big. Oh man. Probably really uh, chapped. I remember thinking <laughs> that they were the same color as his hair and that they were really big and so that made him look like a clown. But apparently I didn't mind that. I was like, "Hey, Ronald McDonald, you loved him for who he was. Yeah. you. It's all about the heart. Honk that I nose. Really <laughs> did you guys, like, hang out? Or did you just love him from um, afar? So we went to the same church. I think he was the pastor's okay. son. I don't know. Same I was, like, three. So, yeah. Ooh. But we, we would nice, play nice. on the playground together and stuff. Adorable. Good childhoods, not like Heathcliff's childhood, because <laughs> look at that beautiful segue I just did. I know you're yeah, not supposed to point good. out segues, but that was really good. Okay, and so after Earnshaw dies, like we talked about, um, he's afraid that Heathcliff is going to be mistreated because he knows that Hindley doesn't like him. So before Earnshaw dies, he sent Hindley away to school. That's how much he didn't like him. And then when Earnshaw dies, Henley comes back from school with his wife at the ripe age of 17, brings frail Francis with him. I like that alliteration. And even though that Henley is like a tyrant and is really awful to them, he also gives them no supervision during the daytime. So they just run around all over the moors. And one day they visit Thrushcross Grange, which is super close. It's where the Lintons live. And they're like spying on them, making fun of them for being rich. And then Kathy gets bitten by their like guard bulldog. And she has to stay there for five weeks because that's what you do uh, when you have nothing else to do. Take care of this random girl who is in your garden (laughs) for five weeks. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Kathy comes home and has become a reformed lady because they've been giving her beautiful things and dressing her in beautiful gowns and she's just got a taste for the fine finer things in life and while she's been gone Hindley has made it like a horrible time for Heathcliff and him and Francis try to separate Heathcliff and Catherine so he can like totally push him out of the family and Kathy of course has made friends with the Lintons Isabella and Edgar and so she invites them over to Wuthering Heights all the time but they never meet Heathcliff because the Linton parents don't like him and they're a little afraid of him so they're like if you go over there you can't uh talk to that person so it kind of creates this separation and she starts falling in love with Edgar Linton well he starts falling in love with her she likes his attention and she talks to Nellie Kathy does about not being able to marry Heathcliff because it would degrade Mm. her and her idea of love is like super it's like super yeah, so twisted. I have the quote. It would degrade me to marry Heathcliff now, so he shall never know how I love him. And that, not because he's handsome, Nelly, but because he's more myself than I am. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. And Linton's is as different as a moonbeam from lightning or frost from fire. So it would degrade her to marry Heathcliff, and yet he knows her better than she knows herself. So clearly she loves him. But he overhears exactly. that. Yeah, 
And so he, but he only overhears the part that says it would degrade me to marry him. And he gets mad and it's he very, runs away. Yeah. And the, there are some flaws with Nellie in this story, even though she's my favorite, because she forgets that Heathcliff has fallen asleep <laughs> in the same room as them. So he can overhear this conversation. <laughs> I was like, Nellie. <laughs> oh, but yeah, he runs away before hearing the positive part of that whole thing. It's very much a Shrek moment when Shrek overhears yeah. Fiona oh, talking yeah. to Donkey. Princess exactly. and ugly don't go together. It's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, Shrek is way cooler than this, though. I would read a novel about Shrek. Eventually, Catherine marries Edgar Linton because he's rich and handsome and he loves her. Like, those are the three reasons. Um, and Nellie has, like, a big talk with her about why she loves him. And Nellie, I can just imagine her eyes rolling, like, all the way back in her head at her responses. It's like, well, she lo- he loves me. It's like, do you love him? Yeah. Why? I love him. That's good enough. No, it's not. You don't even know. Anyway, so they she gets married. She makes Nellie leave Harriton, who she's been raising from birth because Francis died when he was a baby. She makes him, she makes Nellie leave the child with Hindley to go and help her at Thrushcross Grange. They probably have a bunch of servants. She's just very selfish. And anyway, so I don't even know. It's three years. And Heathcliff returns and calls upon Thrushcross Grange. And Catherine is so happy to see him. It's almost like she's not married to Linton at all. <laughs> like, Linton is like, can you just contain your excitement like a little bit and pretend that you're happy you married me? She's like, no, I'm really excited Heathcliff is back. And she tries, she like, she doesn't care. And she tries to make them be friends, which is ridiculous. Why would you want to? Try, oh, why would you try to make Heathcliff it's, be friends with like anyone? It's like a number one um, mistress to a king. It's just like, oh, yeah, exactly. I'm actually in love with you, but I have to be married to the queen. But I had to. Oh, my gosh. Also, I forgot to say, when she was talking to Nellie about marrying Linton, she's like, well, if I marry Linton and he's super rich, then I can help Heathcliff out financially and help him rise. Like, you expected Linton to be okay <laughs> with that? Yeah, this is just my side piece. We're going to give him money. <laughs> well, yeah, she's got to no. buy him the fancy dresses so that he can show up in court and be honored. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor Linton. It, oh, my gosh. He's, she's so ridiculous. All right. And then so she tries to make them be friends. After a little while, it works because they just don't talk to each other. But then they get into an altercation. And uh, Thrush or at Thrushcross Grange and Catherine gets sick for the first time. But while it's starting, Nellie doesn't think that it's real because she's trying to be dramatic. And she's like, I'll break their heart. I'll break their hearts by breaking mine. Like she tried, like it's almost like she made herself sick. I know that that's not possible because she got like a brain fever, but Nellie doesn't believe her at first. She gets super sick. And while Kathy is sick, uh, Isabella runs away to marry Heathcliff after literally telling her that he does not love her she goes from zero to 60 and 3.5 on their <laughs> wedding night she says she hates him the night that they get married like as uh, soon as they get to Wuthering Heights she's like this was a mistake and then she doesn't run away immediately oh but she like encounters all this horrible horribleness because Henley is there crazy little monster Harriton is there because he's been turned into a monster by Heathcliff and Henley mm-hmm. and then Joseph is there imagine being raised by Joseph oh and so she has to endure that. Like, it's a horrible time. I mean, she did make a bad decision, but he, 
Edgar should have stopped her. He was just being a little bit proud. He's like, nope, she chose to leave me. I'll not recognize her as my sister anymore when she could probably use his help. So after that whole thing happens, uh, Isabella tells Nellie specifically not to tell Linton how horrible it is at Withering Heights, which just seems like a bad idea. Like, couldn't he have called the police? I know that there were police at this time. Maybe they were corrupting him to pay him a lot. Linton is rich. He could have done anything. Like, there are just so many things that I have questions about in this novel. Like, hey, could you could you ride by on your horse? And just go take care of him. And maybe shout a threat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. And so Kathy gets sick again. Like, after... Um, the doctor, the first time she gets sick, the doctor's like, basically just let her do whatever she wants because if she gets really um, worked up, she's going to get sick again, which is horrible for everyone around Catherine because she's awful. So mm. they're like, all right, fine, whatever you want. Cool, yell at everyone. and But she gets sick again, and it's really bad. And Hindley, not Hindley, Heathcliff makes Nellie let him visit her while she's dying and they're dramatic af they're crying and like blaming each other for everything like heathcliff is like you did this to yourself you deserve to die and it was like what she's dying right now why would you say that to her it's a very selfish love yeah they're very selfish and but also like so codependent Mm. they're like i need you you can't die but you deserve it's a high school relationship it really is. And, well, like, I get how old were they at this point? I think they're, like, in their 20s by now at yeah. this point. Like, early 20s. Um, and then, yeah. Um, and then I didn't even know. Like, the book d- gives you no... Sorry. Hmm? I was just going to give a quote to demonstrate <laughs> how selfish she is. So, Catherine is literally on her deathbed. Ooh, yes. He says, quote, you know you lie to say I have killed you. And, Catherine, you know that I could as soon forget you as my existence. Is it not sufficient for your infernal selfishness that while you're at peace, I shall writhe in the torments of hell? Like, okay. So he's oh making gosh. her death about him. Exactly. Exactly. He's the worst. Uh, and then the book gives you no, like, um foreshadowing that Catherine could be pregnant but I guess she is and <laughs> the baby is born prematurely by like two months and then Catherine yeah. dies because 1800s were the worst about children mm-hmm. being born mothers it's it was like a 50 50 yeah. that's not correct <laughs> math but I'm just making that up <laughs> no you are an 1800s doctor a fact <laughs> I mean could I could be, be. Literally, like, Dr. Kenneth is their family. Well, he's not the family doctor. He's the town doctor. So he came and took care of Catherine uh, her whole life. And he called her a ruin of humanity. Mm. And yeah. I just, when your doctor says that about you, maybe you are. I or don't maybe know. he's just sexist. But in Catherine's case, I think he was astute. He might have been. He might have been. He was not the best doctor, I don't yeah. think. He thought Hindley was ah, great. Ah, well, then there you go. So, yeah, so he's not great. Okay, and then, like, right after the baby di- right after the baby's born, Catherine dies. Isabella runs away from Withering Heights because of a huge altercation between Hindley and Heathcliff, and they almost kill each other. She stops in at Thrushcross Grange to tell Nellie what happened, and then she leaves to go live somewhere else. I don't know where she gets the money 
to go live somewhere else? I have no idea, but she goes. She does it. Um, and she gives birth to a son named Linton. Also, Edgar named uh, his daughter Catherine. So they're a super uncreative Although I family. I think that that might be a good, like, kind of power move on Isabella's part to name her child Linton. Like, to, name to him maintain Linton? her identity. See, yeah, it was. Yeah, and also, as soon as Heathcliff learned about what his name was, he's like, they want me to hate it too, don't they? And I was like, nah, you, you could hate it by yourself, but they, she probably hated you, so that's what she did it. Um, and they call uh, the son Linton an <laughs> ailing peevish creature about three or four times in the novel, so he definitely is definitely peevish. Definitely ailing. <laughs> definitely peevish. He's just like pale and sickly from the moment he was born all right and then unfortunately isabella dies when her son is 12 i don't know how she dies nelly does not give us the details about that she sends him to go live with edgar but he's only there for like a day before heathcliff's like nah that's my son he's gonna live with me um which is unfortunate because like technically it's true he has to live with his father but then again harriton doesn't have to live with heathcliff Linton could take him back, but he decides not to because he's lazy and he's mad. So two children to ruin, Heathcliff has, and uh, and he doesn't like them. He hates he hates his son because he looks like his uncle. The fact that Linton looks like his uncle Edgar makes Heathcliff hate him even more. He literally calls him a way-faced whining wretch, which is great alliteration, but awful to call your son. And so he's using way him exactly to the W H E Y. It's like um, a gruel kind of thing, I think. So yeah, so it's, it's like kind a, of a porridge. Let's, let's see, because I think that okay. that's what it is. Yeah, but it's like very mm. runny. Okay, here we go. No, here we go. The watery part of milk that remains after the formation of curds. Okay. Watery milk. Okay. Mmm. Yeah, Linton didn't have a lot to go on. He's <laughs> unfortunate from the mm. moment he... I mean, from the moment he was born, because he's Heathcliff's son. He's got a part of that, like, evil kind of spirit inside of him. And that's why I hate even, like, listening and reading the last part of the book. Because even though Heathcliff forces him to be awful, mm. he's still a pretty awful little kid. Yeah. And so he Heathcliff uses Linton to get his revenge against everybody, and he forces little Kathy to marry Linton so he can inherit everything. He makes sure that Edgar's lawyer doesn't visit him before he dies so he can put the land in Kathy's name instead of her future husband, which is normal. So Heathcliff made sure the lawyer didn't make it until after he was dead. So And then Linton dies soon after, so Heathcliff owns everything he owns thrush cross grange he owns withering heights he has little kathy and harriton and it he's one he, he gets his he's vengeance awful. yeah he like he gets his revenge but all the all the while he's still haunted by catherine mm. and he's unhappy af like it doesn't it's one of the like truest stories of how revenge doesn't make anything mm. better because he's still unhappy and miserable yeah. And uh, he's just mean to everybody else, violent. Um, he sees Kathy's ghost at the end of his life a lot. And he uh, dies on the moors, I think. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He died very mysteriously. Um, and, yeah, like, no one, it's like, well, he, didn't he died. Eat, he didn't riddance. eat for four I mean, days. nobody said that. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, wasted away, and Nellie was, like, Nellie wasn't even there at this point because he sent Nellie to Thrushcross Grange and made little Kathy go to Withering Heights with him. And so she didn't have any friends. Nellie was just by herself. It was just like a sad period for everybody. And then finally, Heathcliff dies. <laughs> and uh, Harriton and Lil' Kathy are now in charge of everything now because they're the only heirs. And at first, they did not get along because Harriton was kind of learning from Heathcliff about being a bad person. And he was not educated at all because Heathcliff made sure about that. And Catherine, of course, was educated by Linton. So she's super smart and intellectual and kind of like hated him because he was in cahoots with Heathcliff but they eventually grew to like each other falling in love to be married their first cousins it's fine (laughs) (laughs) they uh (laughs) I mean that's the only part that I was happy about at the end I was like you know what they do deserve something because they've been through a lot their childhoods were kind of the worst so um so yeah and that's how it ends them getting married so super fun Lockwood's probably kind of, upset that he I doesn't think get to marry you've little mentioned Kathy. this before or maybe it was just like in class when we learned about it because we took this class together mm-hmm. um uh, such yes. a good class so our professor um British woman literature yes, British women authors I think yeah it was yes, like two yes, yes, yes. years ago <laughs> but um oh so, my gosh it was yeah so the end of the novel it's kind of like the cycle is starting over again but they're making it right so yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're not going to make the same the mistakes yes, of the past. They're not going to make the same mistakes as their um, relatives, as their, I don't know what you want to call them, their parents, their aunts and uncles, their ancestors. Predecessors. Pre- predecessors, yeah. Ancestors. So, <laughs> predecessors. Pre- the predecessors. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm fancy. You know. So it does end, even though it ends on like a morbid note because it's like, oh, everyone's dead. It is also hopeful because it's it's yeah. kind of like a it's tiny, be better. It's like a tiny yeah. sprout coming up from the ground. Like, okay, this could go somewhere. Um, yeah, exactly. And they have they're pretty rich yeah. now. Heathcliff was really rich, and so he he had to leave all of the stuff yeah. to him or all the stuff to Harriton and Catherine. So they're going to be set for yeah, life. Yeah, but the unfortunate um, thing about them being so normal is that they're boring. So we wouldn't want to read a novel about normal people with no other conflict that are just rich <laughs> and living this nice life. Yeah. 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 I mean, they deserve it. Good for them. But right, we don't right. want to read about it. Um. Oh, gosh. I was going to say something and I don't remember. Oh, okay. Here was what I was going to say. It's crazy how long this book is. Because at, like, chapter maybe 19 or 18, Catherine is dead. Yeah. Like, OG Catherine is dead. And there's 34 chapters. There's more than, like, at least 10 chapters where she's not even alive anymore. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I have all these um, little tab sticky notes that I've um, noted for quotes and passages about Catherine and Heathcliff specifically. And they stop, like, basically halfway through the book. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, I didn't want to listen to the rest of it. But I was like, all right, I'm going to push through a little bit longer. <laughs> because uh, let me tell a quick story about when I was in this class and when we were reading this book. It was the semester I was taking um, four English classes, including my capstone. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was too much. It was really fun, but it was a bad decision. And so one, like, um, midterms, 
week I was literally going out of my mind I stayed up like more than 24 hours and I was trying Mm. to get papers done and I was trying to read this book (laughs) and I listened to it like throughout the night until like seven in the morning I was like I'm not gonna finish it so I did not finish it in college uh it was one of the worst reading experiences I've ever had um so yeah it was super fun super great that's why i have so many great feelings attached to this book so uh do you want to share if we ship it or sink it um okay this is hard for me because i'm like they kind of deserve each other because they're awful but i don't really i don't want to see them as a couple yeah they're the worst it's hard if heath Mm. if heathcliff had stayed away and not come back everything probably would have been mediocre like maybe Catherine would have died but the Lintons would have been okay. That what this story needs is therapy. Everyone in the book needs therapy. Oh yeah, and definitely. then maybe Faux their show. character would improve. Their characters would improve. They would have better mental health, and they wouldn't be so crazy and selfish. So, but yeah. as it is, yeah, I just think, I just think I yeah. sink it. I think I sink it too. I, think I, sink I used it. to be very. Fiery up until like maybe mm-hmm. this week because I was re- I was studying it so <laughs> much that I was like you know what they have their reasons for being the way that they are especially Heathcliff yeah like they're just like I know that you don't want to blame everything on somebody's past because they are responsible for a mm-hmm. certain amount of stuff about themselves but so many things stacked against him <laughs> like yeah. one of the things I didn't mention is like many times he's described as this like dark gypsy mm-hmm. character and that was like a negative thing in this book you didn't want to be casually dark racist still tree and stuff yeah people were being racist about it so he already had that stacked against him he was an orphan mm-hmm. all of this stuff and he couldn't push past it he's like nope i'm gonna get and who knows happy and i know that he's not a real person obviously but a yeah. person like that would definitely be abused or taken advantage of in some way as a child because he was an orphan he was on the streets he was Mm -hmm. trying to take care of himself there's no way that he wasn't abused yeah and so it's like a sad thing but in the end the end products are what we're judging and we sink them yes we sink so in case you didn't (laughs) understand that ship it means do we ship it like do we want it to be a relationship or sink it that's just a play on ship so that means we don't like Uh, it yes and so (laughs) And that means we don't like it. We're going to blow holes in the ship. Uh, we're going to try and do that every episode, a little section, sink it or ship it, because uh, we like to be decisive on things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is but, black and um, white. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. No. Uh, we try, but it's not. And so we have some, like, pros and cons about why we think that. Like, we've been discussing that this whole time. But um, I think, like, the things that we wrote, I wrote for pros and cons are like them as a person, like their personalities. So it's like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. selfish and violent and things like that. Like they're not, they are selfish towards each other, but they're just like personal tendencies just make them awful people and you don't want to see them happy. And so that's what I would say. Yeah, but then, but then there's this side where it's like, they don't want each other to be happy because they don't want that happiness to come from anything but themselves. Yeah, like seriously codependent. 
Yeah, just, like, oh, I don't this. want you to go out with your guy friends because that means that you're having fun without me and you're not having fun because of me. Like, that kind of exactly. crazy girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. And he does, like, the 1700s version of, like, checking her Facebook to find out where she oh, is. Yeah. He has a calendar. <laughs> And he marks the days that she spends with him, and she marks the days that she spends with Linton. Crazy. Uh, but yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think the main thing is that they're selfish. Like, they call each other, like, their souls and their lives, but they're like, you deserve to be unhappy. Yeah. And Catherine doesn't believe that he knows what love is. And it's just... Uh, yeah, they're just mean to each other, even though they love each you other. Can sum up the relationship between Catherine and Heathcliff, the selfishness, the weird like morbidity, all that stuff, with the necrophilic scene where Heathcliff says, "Quote: <laughs> I got the sexton who was digging Linton's grave to remove the earth off her coffin lid, and I opened it. I thought once I would have stayed there when I saw her face again. It is hers, yet he had hard work to stir me." But he said it would change if the air blew on it, and so I struck one side of the coffin loose and covered it up. Not Linton's side, damn him. I wish he'd been soldered in lead. And I bribed the, the sexton to pull it away when I'm laid there and slide mine out too. I'll have made it so, and then by the time Linton gets to us, he'll not know which is which. So it's... He'll not know which is which, meaning their bodies, I assume, so he wants to basically... Their bones will be, yeah. Yeah, he wants to be. I wonder. I wonder if they I slept together. Think, I think they in did. the version that um, I saw with Tom Hardy, that they did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've only seen it, snippets of that one. I think it at least hinted at it. Um, yeah, because. Like, they were together mostly when they were children, so they formed this, like, intense emotional attachment, but I don't know if they actually ever slept together. Well, it showed them as teenagers, mostly in the movie, like, like late teenagers. Yeah, they might have slept together. We're going to go with a 50 Yeah, they're not... The thing that I like about old books like this is that you don't have sex scenes, so you don't get that weird side of it. You just get the the romance, (laughs) so... Or if it's, like... And then this led to that. And then it's the morning. Yeah. <sighs> but um, but yeah, so that was a really creepy quote. Not to like detract from that. It yeah. was really creepy. He wants to like be with her in all senses, always in death. And they both, like Catherine when she's alive, mentions that she doesn't think that she would be happy in heaven. So um, most likely they're uh, down under. <laughs> together they moved to australia together not australia <laughs> that's where criminals yeah, this used is to now be a sent. paranormal podcast um where we talk about australia <laughs> and spookies exactly exactly they're well they would be spookies so they basically roam the moors together as ghosts and now they're together forever haunting people and being jerks and that's oh, exactly yeah. how it should be for them yeah, and that's what Nellie said. She's like, sometimes, I don't know if she said it to like scare Lockwood. She's like, sometimes people can like see them on the moors together. She's trying to be creepy. She knows how to tell I don't know. I kind story. of believe it. I think it's supposed to be ambiguous as to whether they're actually ghosts or not. Like, that's kind of the theme of the book is like, is this supernatural stuff happening or is it not? It's one of those, um, one of the lesser themes, but it's definitely there. 
All right, so we sink it. Conclusion, they're kind of the worst. We don't want to be friends with them. We don't want to know them. We don't want them to live in our town. No, they're the couple that breaks up loudly in the middle of a party. And breaking up. Yeah, breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and using other people to make them jealous. Literally, like, every Mm -hmm. teen drama on TV. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we don't like them. Um, And my favorite, I wrote down a couple of my favorite quotes. Um, The one, like, whenever Catherine is talking to Nellie about Heathcliff, it's just ridiculous to me. And at one point she says, Nellie, I am Heathcliff. And it doesn't make any sense. And Nellie's just like, I don't. Nellie, I am Heathcliff. And Nellie's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, child. And then my other favorite one, I think I need to find it. It's from Nellie. She's talking about when Catherine is sick and Linton is avoiding her and Isabella is planning to run away with Heathcliff. She's like, the Grange. Let me let me find it. I know that I wrote it down. Okay, there we go. Okay. My favorite quote, I think, out of the whole book, because it makes me love Nellie even more. She says, the Grange had but one sensible soul in its walls that lodged in my body. Basically, she's just like, no one else knows what's going on, can take care of themselves, except for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to keep this ship together. Not the ship. <laughs> the ship. She fails. Different we ship. Suck it. <laughs> Not her thrin. Different ship. Different ship. Del- I don't even know what Nellie shipped. I don't think she I shipped anybody. I think she anybody. liked the, um, what's the couple at the end? Catherine Jr. and um, Hareton. Yeah, yeah. Well, because she helped raise both yeah, of them. Yeah, she loves them. So she's and like, she, my little well, babies. Well, she raised um, Heathcliff and Catherine, but the difference is they are on fire trash cans. But she had, like, yeah, she had no, like, authority, though, over them yeah. because they were the well, same age. Well, three years older, but yeah. So she cried when Hindley died because they were the same age. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's weird, though. But yeah, yeah, quality stuff, you guys. Um, we read this and let you uh, know about it so you don't have to read it. You're so welcome. You're welcome. Okay, we should close this. We're rambling. Uh, yes, yes, thank you thank for you listening. Thank you for listening. Um, so if you want to get in touch, why? Just kidding. If you want to get in touch. <laughs> don't ever die. If you want to get in touch, please don't wait until we die and cut out the side of our coffin and try to touch our bones. Don't do it. There's easier ways. So we have an Instagram. It's at litinlovepod, L-I-T-I-N-L-O-V-E-P-O-D. And we have a Facebook secret group because we all have our secret shames. It's Secret Lit in Love. But we also have a Facebook page, Lit in Love. Ooh, we're just so on love. top of this. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. We have a little logo in case there's another Lit and, Lo- Lit and Love out there. It's a pink background. It's a stack of books. It's a coffee mug. It says Lit and Love. Anyway, subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. It helps us a lot, I assume. And recommend us to your nerd friends. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.